0: Well, we're on our topic, and this will be the fifth week. We're doing it on crucified with Christ. Crucified with Christ. Amen. You know, crucifixion is not a nice thing. It was, it was a torturous death that the Romans came up with for their enemies. And Galatians 2.20 is our, has been our focus scripture. It says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Amen. What does this scripture mean? Paul was saying, listen, I died. My old nature died. So yes, you see me walking around alive, but who I'm living now is, is the Christ that lives in me. I'm not the same man that was killing people. I'm not the same man that was murdering people because something happened to me that changed my nature. He said, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, yes, you still see me walking around. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Paul was making a confession. Listen, he's saying you wouldn't have wanted to meet me, the old me. The old me killed people. He, you know, he, he even said that he compelled people to blaspheme against God. He, he put people in prison. He, he was there at the execution of Stephen when they were stoning him. You wouldn't have wanted the old Paul because he wasn't a nice person. He wasn't the same person. But when Christ came into his life, it changed his very nature. Amen. And so really, we are dead men walking. I mean, you know, you can, you can spit on a dead body, it's not going to do anything. That's the degree to how much you know you're dead, is when you don't react. When you don't react to things, when Satan tries you, when people, you know, get on your last nerve, as they say. Because if your old man is dead, you can do anything to a dead body, it's not going to do nothing. So that tells you to the degree to which we are truly dead, amen? Amen. It says, I am crucified with Christ, and that 's what we are called to be, so that this old nature dies, and sometimes it has to happen daily, sometimes it has to happen frequently because that old man wants to come out, my old nature uh, wants to come out, it wants to react, it wants to fight back. Amen. so we, we started off this session, this uh, this um, course. With the steps of salvation, which we talked about in the first week of October, about true repentance. What true repentance means, it's not just being caught, it's being sorry. And the Bible speaks that a godly sorrow is a good thing. When we are truly repentant for what we've done. And you know, the truth is, that only happens when we can see ourselves. A lot of people cannot see themselves. As far as they know, they're good people. They're doing right. There's nothing wrong with them. I'm perfect. I don't need no change. You You cannot change unless you see the need to change and you can only do that if you can see yourself. How do we see ourselves? Amen. In the natural, how do we see ourselves? In a mirror. Before you go out, you look in the mirror and you see if everything is okay. If you've if you've got your hair combed or if you've got, you know, stuff on your face or something, you look in the mirror. That's how you see yourself. Today, we can see ourselves spiritually by looking in the Word of God. And the Word of God, if we're using it as a mirror, will show us some things that maybe we don't like about ourselves that need to change. And when we do that, when we recognize that, then things can actually move forward until we can see ourselves. And you know, here's something. Most of us can't see ourselves. Most of us can't see ourselves. You ever looked at a picture and you think, boy, that's reversed? You know, your left side's on your right side and you look different to yourself when you look at than in a mirror because a mirror just gives a straight reflection. But truly, you have to look at a picture which is looking at you as other people see you. So we talked about the first steps to salvation, which is repentance, and how repentance really is necessary to come to God. And then the second we talked about, once we come to God, how do we grow? How do we change? How do we become somebody better than we were yesterday? And then we went on about the fruit of the Spirit. The proof that we're growing is that we're planted. You can't have something grow that's not planted. Something won't just grow on the shelf. It has to be in soil. It has to be receiving nutrient, right? You have a seed and you can have that seed for years. Nothing will change until it's planted. We have to be planted somewhere into good soil where the word of God can nourish us so that we can grow and bring forth fruit. And then last week, we talked about walking in light. And that means that once we start to grow... When a plant grows, it starts to bend towards the light because that's where the nourishment is and how much we need light, in fact, even in the flesh, to build our immune system, right? People who don't get sunshine, they have vitamin C deficiency, sorry, vitamin C and D deficiency. Amen. And then this week, we're going to wrap it up by talking about the cross. You know, people, people who become Christians, they're sometimes sold on the TV that it's all fairy tales and you know get rich you become a christian and god just does nothing but make a red carpet for you no there is actually a cross there is actually suffering to be a christian it's not about wealth and 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 you know getting getting becoming a millionaire no our inheritance is future but while we're down here there is a cross and we're going to talk about that cross today and we're going to do it in two parts But Jesus said that anyone who was going to come and follow him had to take up what? Their cross. He also said that the servant is not greater than the master. So whatever he went through, we're expected and can expect to experience some of those things. We're going to get uh, tribulation. We're going to get hardships. We're going to sometimes walk through, as David said, the valley of the shadow of death. We're going to come across some things in our life that we don't like, that don't even make sense, that we can't explain. And this is where faith and trust in God comes in. Do you trust God? Do you believe Him? Even though you can't understand it. You know, when you have a little baby, one of the first things they want to do is give them shots, right? And you give the baby to the doctor and the baby is starting to feel the needle. And the baby is looking at you like, Why are you letting this man do this? And you can't explain to the baby. The baby, there's no way you can explain, but yet you know it's for the baby's good. But the baby's looking at you and wailing and not understanding why you as the parent are not stopping this terrible pain. Sometimes God gives us inoculations. You know, sometimes we go through things that in the end are to make us stronger. Amen. Things that you've been through now that you know you can deal with that before you weren't able to deal with. So taking up the cross is part of that. There's things that we have to go through to perfect us. You know, when you look at gold in the dirt, it doesn't look like gold. All it is is a bunch of rocks. Somewhere in those ore is gold. But to get that gold out, you know what they have to do? It has to go through a process. It has to go through a process. First, they wash it. Did you know that? They put it in water and they put chemicals to make certain of the things come to the surface. Then they dry that out. Then they put it in a furnace to start to purify it. You know, the Bible speaks about that we will come out as pure gold, which means we have to go through a process. When you truly give yourself to God, you are going to get at times pressed. You're going to get temptations. This is part of the cross. And the thing, though, that gives me hope, you know, even though I don't understand all of the suffering that we go through and the whys of this life, why did this happen to me, why, why am I going through this, even though we may not understand that, there's one scripture that gives me hope, that gives me faith, that gives me trust. And it may be a strange scripture to you, I'm going to give it to you right now, and it's, it's when Jesus was in the garden. And he was praying before he was going to be arrested to be crucified. And he knew that was going to happen. And in his flesh, he didn't want to deal with that. Who wants pain and suffering? Who, who wants to voluntarily go through that? No. If there's a way to escape it, all of us want to get out of it. But this is what gives me hope. Is the fact that even the very king of kings who was in a human body had to go through the cross. We may not understand some of the things that happened to us. But the fact that Jesus had to go through suffering gets me to understand that there is a purpose. It's not just chance. There is a reason why we go through certain things. Amen? Let's read it in Matthew 26 and verse 39. And this is when he was in the garden. It says, and he went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, saying, O my Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. He was saying, I don't want to do this. I don't want to handle this. I don't want to go through this stuff. And many times that's what will happen to us. We'll have to deal with suffering. We have to deal with things we don't want to go through. But here is the thing that should give you Comfort is that Jesus went through these things. If Jesus had to go through it, even though he was God in the flesh, then there is a reason for some of the things that we go through, even if we can't understand it. And he, the Bible says, he said, If it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as my will, not what I want, but as you want. Sometimes That's what we have to say, God. I don't really want to deal with this. I don't want to deal with this. But sometimes the way out is through. Sometimes the way out is not going the other way. You have to just go through it. Amen? You have to go through it. As I used to say, the Hebrew boys were delivered not out of the fire, but in the fire. In the fire. Sometimes your only way out is through. But here's the miracle. When Nebuchadnezzar threw them in the fire... He didn't see the three boys he threw in there. He said, wait a minute, didn't, didn't we thro- throw three in there? How come we see four? And that fourth one looks like the Son of God. Here is the thing. You may be in the fire, but there will be somebody else with you. Amen. Yes, there is a cross, but there will be someone else who is going to help you get through it. Amen. So the question is, why do we have to be crucified with Christ? Why did he have to go through what he went through? What is it all about? Well, Paul in Romans chapter 5:12 starts to give us the answer. He says, wherefore as by one man sin entered into the world. Because of Adam's sin, we all come into this thing where we have lost dominion. And you may say, well, that's not fair. I didn't do what Adam did. But sin is like a genetic disease. You know, when two, two people get married and if they have children and if they carry certain uh, genes, the children will inherit it. That's all it is. Sin is really a genetic dece- disease because Adam and Eve sinned, we inherited their nature, their sinful nature. And that's what Paul is explaining in Romans 5.12. He said, wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world and death by sin. And so death passed upon all men for that all have sinned we've all got this genetic disease called sin where we can't be perfect in ourselves amen we can't be perfect we can get up in the morning and say i'm not going to do this or i'm not going to do that all it takes is someone uh cutting us off in traffic or or someone at work saying a word to us and there we go we lost our peace We've lost our peace. And it, it's, it's really funny how it can happen just like that. You can be in a great mood, everything going well, and then just something very small happening. And it just takes away your peace. It's that easy. So what was God's plan? And I know I've taught some of this before, but I want to go over it to, to fully explain what the cross is about. So this first part is why did Jesus first have to go to the cross? Why did Jesus have to go to the cross? Well, the Bible says it was by one man's sin entered into the world and death by sin, so death passed upon all men for that all have sinned. But what was God's plan? Was his plan for us to go through suffering? Was his plan for us to deal with all these these things that we have to deal with? Was that his plan? No. Originally, the Bible says that we were made in his image and in his likeness. Genesis 1, says, and God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. What I've taught before is that when God made us, we were his highest creation. I know that is hard to believe when I look in the mirror now, but you were created to be a child of the king. You were created in his image, without flaw, in perfection. You were created to be just like Jesus was, a son of God, a daughter of the king, royalty. Amen. That's what you were, a rigid God's intention for your life. That was what he created. You know, it, no, it doesn't say that about any other creature. In fact, in the New Testament, it specifically says the angels call, can't call him father. Only the sons that are born of the Spirit can call Him Father. Amen. So God created man in His own image. I think we just don't understand fully what that means. In the image of God created He Him. Male and female created he, them. First Corinthians, Paul is explaining that we were created to be the holder of God's glory. First Corinthians 11 says, For a man indeed ought not to cover his head, for as much as he is the image and glory of God. Now, I don't look too much like the image and glory of God right now. But when God created us, when he created Adam, he created him to be his son in in all aspects, really, to be the image and glory of God. But you know the story of the fall of man, right? You know what happened? They disobeyed. And as Paul said in Romans, sin entered the world. We're going to look at that a little bit because I want to explain to you why Jesus had to die. Why is the need for the cross? Could You know, when I was growing up, I would, I would kind of ponder that. I would say, God, well, you're God. You can do anything. Why do we have to go through suffering? Why did Jesus have to die? Could there be any other way for salvation? Could there have been another way instead of all of this Pain and suffering. And the answer is no. You know why I know? Because Jesus asked himself not to go that way. He said, if it be possible, let me not drink this cup. But we know he did go to the cross, which tells us that it was not possible. So today I want to explain why it was not possible. Why it is that we do have to pick up a cross. Why do we have to go through this thing called life? The way it is now. Amen. Well, when God created them, the Bible tells us, well, I'll just read it. In Genesis chapter 2 and verse 25, it says, And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. Well, the good thing is all of us today are wearing some clothes. (laughs) I'm glad all of you are wearing some clothes. Me, Me especially, I'm glad I'm wearing some clothes. Because if I wasn't, I would be ashamed. But the Bible says that Adam and Eve, when they were created, it says they were physically naked, but they were not ashamed. And the question is, why was this? Amen? And the reason is, because they were created in the image of God, they were given His glory. They were given His glory. The first covering, the first covering that God gave us was His Spirit. And we can see this in the description of creation, Genesis 2, 7 says this, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground. Then he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. He was covered with his glory. So although they were physically naked, they really couldn't see that. They were just like Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration when he took his disciples up. And the Bible said he transfigured before them, and he just became such a bright, blinding light that they couldn't even look at him. Because we were created to be the glory of God. I know it's hard for us to believe that. But if you make it to heaven, you look something like this. You'll be shining like a star. Amen. You will have the glory of God covering you. Because that's how we were created. To be God's very image. Amen. And that's what this, the story tells. Now I'm going to go over this a little bit more s- slowly. I just did that slide pretty quick. But let me let me do it one more time. You see... With the first covering that was given us was of God's spirit. He took from the dust of the ground, amen, and he started to form a man. And then he took that man and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. What does that really mean? He breathed the breath of, breath of life. It was really his spirit. Because the Bible says that the words that I speak, this is Jesus, they are what? Spirit. And they are life. So when God speaks, his very words are spirit. And when that spirit is breathed into you, it gives you life. Amen. Let me, let me break it down a little, little bit more. We started off, the Bible says, as dust. And the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground. He took what he had already made and he made a body. Amen. He made a body. He took that dust and he formed it into a body. And then he took that body and he breathed into it, the Bible says, into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul. That means that body now was covered, was covered with God's spirit. And that's what that Shekinah glory was all about. That's what enables us to be in communication with God. Inside your body, there are a hundred trillion cells. Every one of those cells that make up your body has a covering that identifies it as being part of the body. That's why when foreign stuff, bacteria get into your body, you know what? They're lacking the covering. So the white blood cells, your immune system starts to destroy them. You know why? Because they're not part of the body. They don't have the covering. When God created us, He created us with the covering of His Spirit so that we were part of His body. That's why man could be in communication with God. He breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. That body that was just a vessel now had a, had a soul, and it was covered by God's spirit. We became a three-part being, a spirit, a body, and a soul. That's what makes you a son of God. You have to have a spirit covering a body and a soul. When, you, when, we, when we are born today, we only are a two-part being. We only have a body and a soul. And that's why we have to be born again to receive God's covering spirit. Amen. The proof of this, that we need a covering, is in so many scriptures. But I'll just give you in John, where it said that he he breathed on them, and he said this. When he had said this, he breathed on them, and he said, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. That breath was the Holy Spirit. That's why... That's why Adam and Eve were covered in God's glory. Amen. They were covered in glory. And Isaiah tells us so that the only covering that we can have, let me slow down, I'm going too fast. The only covering that we can have that pleases God is of His Spirit. Isaiah 30 verse 1 says this, Woe to the rebellious children, saith the Lord, that take counsel, but not of me, that cover with a covering, but not of my spirit. Do you understand that to be pleasing to God, we have to get back that covering. We have to have that spirit covering that he originally created us with. This all goes back to why Jesus had to come and die. Because when man sinned, we lost that covering. We, instead of being a three-part being, a spirit covering a body in a soul, the spirit covering died. God had told them, The day thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. Immediately that glory, that covering, died, leaving them just a body and soul. Genesis 2.17 But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it, for in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt what? So we know that immediately they ate of it, according to God's word, Something died. That glory of God, that covering went away. Ezekiel 18 4 says, Behold, all souls are mine. As the soul of the Father, so also the soul of the Son is mine. The soul that sinneth, it shall die. That covering that went away immediately was the beginning of the process of death. Remember, we read the scripture in Romans that said, By sin and by one man's sin, death. Entered the world because they had sinned, they lost the thing that gave them immortality. I use the example of a can of corned beef. You can have a can of corned beef on your shelf for years as long as you don't open it. The moment you cut it open and the covering is gone, you know what's going to happen to that stuff? It's going to start to decay. See, that's exactly what happened to Adam and Eve, they were created with this glory covering. Amen. But once they sinned, they lost the covering spirit of God. And then death entered the world. They started to age and get older. You know, parts of you don't, don't stand up as it did. Amen. You groan when you sit down and stand. I know all of you are young. You don't know about that stuff. Amen. Amen. So that spirit covering went away. In fact, it was almost the reverse of creation. So now instead of being covered with the Spirit of God, they were just a body and soul. Man became a son of man instead of a son of God. A body and soul. And so sin became a genetic disease. We could only create from what we are. So Adam and Eve had a son in their image and because now they were just sons of men, that's all they could give birth to. There was something lacking. The spirit covering. You know, today, if you're born with certain genes lacking, you can have sickle cell disease because you're born with a certain gene that is defective. That's exactly how sin is. Something has to be done to fix it, to return to, to perfection. And so this is what is leading up to the reason for the cross. I used to ask God, well, why did you have to come and die? How does this fix our situation? How does this change our understanding? But you see what happened? As soon as the spirit covering was gone, man's body started to decay. And it started to turn back into just the dust. Just the dust. Leaving just a naked soul. Just a naked soul. But a soul is not something physical. A soul, you can't, you can't hold it in your hand. It's a spiritual thing. It can't stay in the physical world. It had to go to the place of the grave. It had to go to the place of the grave. The Bible said we turned back into dust. You know, when uh, I've, I've buried both my parents now, so... But you know, here's the thing. I know where their soul went to. And they're waiting now for the resurrection. Because of sin, we lost that immortality. We started to go back to the dust. And it's interesting how the Bible tells us that we lost dominion. Satan wanted control of your body. You know, if someone was to come up to you and started to try and tell you what to do, you'd say, who are you? I'm not, I don't belong to you. You don't own me. But you know, Satan manipulates us just like that. And we end up doing what he wants. You know, if it was a physical person who we could see, we would probably fight them and we would say, no, no, I'm not doing what you want. But Satan actually manipulates our bodies. And in fact, the Bible tells us that we lost dominion. And so God decided, you know, in his plan of redemption, he had to give us something different, a new body. And so he has let the, the serpent have back the body that he originally created. Genesis 3, 14, And the Lord God said unto the serpent, Because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle and above every beast of the field. And that body that you deceive mankind out of, you can have it. You can have it. But you're going to have it when it turns back into dust. When it turns back into dust is when you're going to have it, Satan. That body that you thought you were going to get away with and and keep you can have it when it turns back into dust see god's plan actually is for us to die because we can't control this body this flesh is no good his plan is to give us a brand new body one that is not under satan's control one that is glorified one that is now covered with the spirit of god and so he said to the serpent upon thy belly shalt thou go and dust Shall thou eat all the days of thy life. That's all he's going to get. God has decided that, okay, you, you, you cheated man out of his dominion. Okay, you can have it, but you can have it the way I found it. It's going to be dust. He can eat our dust. So when they sinned, they ended up now without that glorious covering. And the Bible says that they saw now that they were naked. They saw that they were naked. Bible, Genesis 3, 7 says, And the eyes of them were both opened. And they knew now that they were naked. Before they couldn't, they couldn't see their nakedness. I tell you, if you're looking at me and I'm, and I'm living Christ, that's all you should see. The Jesus in me. You're not looking at my nature, my horrible, uh, corrupt nature. If I'm exhibiting love to you and I'm representing Christ, that's all you're going to see. That's all they could see before was the glory of God. They were clothed better than any Gucci or whatever Macy's clothing, whatever the, whatever the, I don't know what the fashions are, but they were clothed with the glory of God. Can you imagine, can you imagine the shock they must have felt when suddenly that was gone and they could see themselves? So they went and hid. And the eyes of them both were open, and they knew now that they were naked. And they tried to cover themselves. That's what we do when we mess up. We try and cover ourselves. You know, we can cover the outside, but we can't cover the heart. We can't cover the heart. You know, there's a, there's a famous play by Shakespeare... And, you know, he's a very famous English author, and they have all of his plays. And one of the ones they used to make us learn in school was this play called Macbeth. And in this story, this king, he's about to do something terrible. And he's talking to himself about how he's going to get out of it. And so he says, I'm going to put on a false face. I'm going to pretend. And in, he's talking to himself, but he knows in his heart what he's going to do. So he says, false face faiths, false faiths must hide what false heart doth know. Think about that. That's, that's such a, an excellent quote. False face must hide what, what false heart doth know. We can put on all kinds of faces to cover and all it is is fig leaves. All it is is fig leaves. Now I'm leading up to why there is a cross now. You have to understand the story. The Bible says because they lost this covering, the eyes of them were open and they could see now how they really were. Without God's covering, I'm a mess. I'm not a nice person. It's only with God's covering can his glory shine through me. Anything that I do that is good is from him, not of me, because my tendency is to suit myself, to be all about me, I, and myself, to please myself, not to please you, but to please myself. Amen. That's our human nature now, is not to to be helpful to others, it's to help ourselves. So they had a conscience. They had guilt. But the fig leaves could not cover the guilt. All it did was cover the outside. And the proof that this was so was if the fig leaves had really fixed the problem, they wouldn't have been hiding. <laughs> they would, they'd have felt good enough to come out. When someone has done something, they avoid you, don't they? They avoid you. They not They're not where you think they should be. They start avoiding you when they when they've done stuff to you see that's what adam and eve did they they decided they're going to avoid god they're going to hide from god that's what we do too it's so stupid isn't it it's so stupid when we hide from god we try and hide from god but there's nowhere we can go to truly hide from the presence of god and the lord god called unto adam and said unto him where art thou god was just being polite he knew where he was He was just being nice and polite. God knows where you are. You can't hide from him. You can cover the outside, but unless his spirit covers the inside, you're still going to have problems. You're still going to have issues. You're still going to be in want. You're still going to be in need. Amen. And Adam said, I heard thy voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. One time when I was a teenager, my dad lent me his car, and he had a really nice car. And I was supposed to borrow it, and I was supposed to pick him up from work. And lo and behold, I had an accident. <laughs> you know, I didn't want to go and face him. You know, I didn't, I was, I knew I had to face him, but I didn't want to face him. The, the rain had come down, and I was putting something in the, in the stereo, and just the moment I looked down, the car in front of me stopped And I went right into the back of this car and messed up my dad's car. It was still drivable, but it was going to need a lot of work. A lot of work. And just like it said, and I heard thy voice in the garden, I was afraid. So I had to go pick him up. So (laughs) So you know what I did? I parked the car somewhere else where he couldn't see it. So then I was there to meet him. So he couldn't see the car. And so I had to explain to him what happened. You know, when we mess up, we want to avoid the person who we've offended. So I started to tell him, well, Dad, this this happened. I really, it was an accident. And uh, so I kind of tried to prepare the ground before he saw the car. I didn't park the car where he could see it straight away because he'd see it before I could explain anything. And my dad grew up being one of them old-time dads, you know? You, anyone heard the sound of that belt coming out them loops? <laughs> Amen. But you know what? I got grace and mercy. He just, he just looked at it and just kind of, you know, didn't say a word. Just I, I had some grace and I had some mercy. Amen. Adam and Eve experience some grace and some mercy truly because they could have died that very day. He said, I heard thy voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And then God started to ask, okay, who told you you were naked? Because you weren't supposed to be able to see yourself like that. You were covered with my glory. Who told you you were naked? You see, if we start looking at ourselves without God, we'll get depressed. If I start thinking of how messed up I could be and how things that are are not right that I want to be right, I could hide myself and not come to church. But God is so gracious and merciful. The Bible said that he knew they needed a covering, but the fig leaf covering was not enough. The fig leaf only covered the outside. But something had to cover the inside. Something has to cover our guilt. Something has to cover our shame. And that can only happen when there is a blood sacrifice. And I'm going to explain why that is. In Genesis 3.21 it says and Adam, unto Adam also and to his wife did the Lord God make coats of skin and clothe them. Now the coats of skin means that it came from an animal. It is implied then that an animal had to die and there were two things that were produced. There was the blood and then there was the covering for the skin and the Bible tells us that the blood was the covering for the soul. The skin was the covering in life because God had to give something to cover instead of his spirit because the spirit now had been killed by their disobedience, had gone away because of their disobedience. And in Leviticus 17, 11, God says, for the life of the creature is in the blood. What God is saying is that your soul is covered by your blood. Not in your brain, but your soul. That spiritual part of you is actually in your blood. That's, a, that's something science doesn't know, but something the Bible tells us. For the life of the creature... The soul is in the blood. I have given it to you to make an atonement, a covering for yourselves on the altar. What was happening here? If you remember God, when he had finished his creation, the Bible said he rested from all his work. Not that he was tired, but when you have reached perfection, there is no more you can do. That's that's why I was a very bad artist, because I would paint something and I wouldn't stop. I'd keep touching it up till I spoiled it. But God, when He achieved perfection, when He looked at everything and said it was so good, the Bible said He ceased from all His creative works. He went into His Sabbath of rest. And so He could not now make a new new covering for man because He would have been coming out of His rest. So He had to use something temporary. And He took the blood of an animal as the temporary covering for the soul. That's why in the Old Testament they made... Animal sacrifices. There had to be a death and blood given to cover something that was inside. The skin covered the outside, but it couldn't do the guilt. And that's why in the Old Testament they had something called a guilt offering. And a sin offering. Because it was given to to deal with our sinful genetic problems. And the proof, of course, there's many proofs in scripture, but I'll I'll give you one for now, that the blood was the covering for the soul, was when Cain killed his brother, the very first murderer, the Bible says in Genesis 4.10, what hast thou done, this is God speaking to Cain, the voice of thy brother's blood, in other words, his soul, crieth out unto me from the ground. Showing again that the soul was covered by the blood. And so this is the purpose there was for these animal sacrifices. And this eventually is the purpose for the cross. So blood in the Old Testament was the interface and the literal covering for the soul. I used to wonder, God, why why did they have to sacrifice animals? Was that God's plan? No, he never wanted animals killed. But it was the only way to save man's life. After this vessel, this temple died. Remember, as soon as the covering was gone, we start to age. We start to age. The moment you're born, you're beginning that journey of aging. Amen. I'm in, I'm now in the sixth, seventh decade. Seventh decade of my life. Yes, it is a blessing. Amen. I'm sure that in my high school class, there have been some that have passed on, that have not seen the light of day. Amen. Every day I get up, I thank God. Every day you get up, you should thank God. You're still in the land of the living. You still have a chance to do some good things, to help other people, to give God thanks. So now this is leading up to the reason for the cross. All these animals could only temporarily stop the soul from dying. And one of the reasons was, although the blood was innocent, it wasn't freely given. The animal didn't step up and say, yeah, take me. And so it could not really save your soul. It could not release it from the prison that was the grave. It took not only innocent blood, but someone who was willing to give their blood freely. Now you begin to see the purpose of the cross. Because the Bible says that an angel couldn't do it. There was no man worthy whose blood was innocent enough. If someone has an infection, you can't take their blood to cure someone else. It has to be someone who is untainted. Someone who is free of that disease. In fact, when when people have blood diseases, they have to have continuous transfusions. And that blood that's being transfused has got to be free of whatever the disease is. Only someone who was sinless, whose blood was untainted, could fix the sin problem, could give us the transfusion that would bring us back to eternal life. The Old Testament was only temporary. The killing of the animals was only a delay, was only something as a temporary thing. In Hebrews, the book of Hebrews, it says this, and almost all things are by the law purged with blood. It needed an animal sacrifice because that was the only container to put the soul in, so to speak. And without the shedding of blood, there was no remission. There was no forgiveness of sins. The Bible starts to explain now then why did Jesus have to come? Why was there a cross? It says here it was necessary that the pattern of the things in the heavens should be purified with these. What he's saying, it was necessary that the earthly things... Could be purified or temporarily fixed with animal blood. But the heavenly things, the permanent solution, could not be done with an animal. It needed a better sacrifice. That's what it says better sacrifices than these. And that's why Jesus had to come. Only someone who was untainted by the sin, whose blood was pure, could come and save us. That's why the Bible says, For God so loved the world that he gave. His only begotten Son that whomsoever believeth in Him should not perish but have what? Eternal life. God had to come as a human being leave all of His glory so to speak and robe Himself in human flesh. He had to humble Himself and to suffer and to feel as we felt and to live As we live. To experience what we experience. And then finally be willing to say, I give my life. I give my life willingly. You see, this was the purpose of the cross. This was why there was no other way. This was why in the garden he said, if it be possible, let this cup pass. But there was no other person, human being, with untainted blood. Only Jesus Christ could have done it. And that's why he had to come and die. He was the end of all these temporary animal sacrifices. And it was through the blood he was able to cover all those who had already died and the righteous dead and release them for the grave. Hebrews 9.15 says this, For this reason, he is the mediator. That means the go-between the advocate, the intercessor of a new covenant, a new covenant. The first covenant was messed up when we sinned. The first covenant that God said was, be fruitful, have dominion, subdue, multiply. But because of man's sin, we, we missed that mark. We, we, we lost dominion. But the new covenant has been set up because of his blood. It says for, he, for this reason he's the mediator of a brand new covenant. Brand, you understand a will only uh, comes into force at the death of the person who wrote it. Another reason why Jesus had to die is for the, the new covenant to come into being. So that we could inherit Amen. It's kind of ghoulish really, but if you have a very rich old person, if you have a very rich old person, come on now in the flesh you're saying, I wonder where that old man's going to go. <laughs> I think I'm in the will. <laughs> I think I'm in the will. Amen. But Jesus, he didn't wait till he was old. He went after three and a half years of ministry so that we could be inheritors of the new covenant it says this for this reason he is the mediator he is the executor of a new covenant so that since a death has taken place for the redemption of the transgressions that were committed under the first covenant those who have been called have you been called may receive the promise of eternal inheritance you know what he's speaking about he's speaking about that jesus came with the covering. Jesus was the Spirit of God. And it needed His death so that that Spirit could then be given to us to make us fully a three-part being again, a Son of God. Amen. This is the purpose of the cross. Luke twenty-three forty-six. one of the last words Jesus said, And Jesus cried with a loud voice, He said, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. And having said thus, he bowed his head and gave up the ghost, the spirit. Do you understand what was happening there? He brought a covering for us. His spirit was going to be the covering that now makes us again sons of God. He said this, He promised this in John 14, 16. This is the purpose of His cross, was to bring the covering to us. He says, and I will pray the Father, and He shall give you another comforter, that He may abide with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth Him not, neither knoweth him. Now here's the miracle. He was standing with them and he says, you can see me, but you know him for he dwelleth with you. You're seeing me, but I am going, once I die, I'm going to be in you. For he dwelleth with you. I'm here now standing, but when I die, I shall come again as the covering, the spirit. That, might, that really means that even though you think you're alone sometimes, Even though you're going through some things sometimes. The Bible says, if he, the spirit of Christ dwelleth in you, it shall make alive. It shall quicken your mortal body. Amen. It shall make you alive. It shall return us back to sonship. He says, I will not leave you comfortless. I personally will come to you. So when he died, he released his spirit. So that on the day of Pentecost, 50 days later it could be given not just to one person, but it could be poured out as prophesied by the prophet Joel that upon your sons and daughters will I pour out of my spirit. Amen? And your sons and daughters will dream dreams and have visions. This is the, the promise and this is the reason for Christ's cross. I said all of this to say, what about our cross? His cross was to come and give us his spirit, so that we have the opportunity to once again become sons of God. But what about us? He then says to us, you have to deny yourself and you have to take up a cross. Now that doesn't sound too good either. I would be in the garden praying to, Lord, take this cup from me. I don't want a cross. Anyone here want a cross? Amen. But the Bible tells us that while we are here, we are going to have to take up a cross. His cross was to die to give us his spirit. But there is a purpose for our cross. Let's see what it says here in Romans 12.1. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that he present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. I did one of those chalk outlines there to represent a dead body. The reason why we have to take up the cross is remember now, this body has got to turn to dust. Satan is going to use this body if he can, if it's alive. How does he use it? He gets into our mind. He uses our flesh, he uses our emotions, he uses our desires. That's why we have to take up a cross and make sure that this body is as crucified as we can possibly make it. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that he present your body a living sacrifice. That's why we have to be crucified with him. So that we can get a new body. The promise of a future inheritance. 1 Corinthians 3.16 says, Don't you know that when you come to Christ, when you have been baptized, that your body now becomes a temple? And the Spirit of God, that covering, dwelleth in you. Now, we don't see that glow yet. You're saying, well, what about the glow that you talked about, Adam? How come we don't see? Why? Because it's only the deposit. We haven't moved into the house yet. Amen. When you're going to buy a house, you put down a deposit. You're just waiting for the closing. See, Jesus was explaining that on the Mount of Transfiguration when he revealed that glory internally. So the Bible tells us that we have to now take up our own cross. We have to die every day because if we don't, this flesh wants to take control, wants to do its own thing. I have to speak to myself. Don't about, you have to talk to myself. I have to say, you can't do that. You can't think those thoughts. I have to speak to myself. I have to kill that that man that wants to do his own thing. Amen. Amen. Here's the reason Romans 8 13 says for if you live after the flesh if you let yourself do anything you want if you just give into temptation then what you're doing is taking back that sin disease it's getting back into your bloodstream but say but if through the spirit if through the Holy Spirit you do mortify that means kill the deeds of the body if you if you resist. The Bible says if you will submit to God and resist the devil, he will flee from you. But if through the Spirit you do mortify the deeds of the body, then you shall live. If you are on this journey where you are not just giving in to every thought, every whim of your flesh, the Bible says that you shall live. Hallelujah, you shall live. Amen. See, we have to be crucified with Christ. We have to be crucified with Christ because Romans goes on to say, for to be carnally minded, that means to be everything about pleasure, everything about flesh, about what we want is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace, what what Sister Brownie talked about. It may not appear to be peace. I might be going through some terrible things right now, but I can still have peace if I believe God. That that old uh, lotto thing is up again, isn't it? I think it's up about $800 million, right? Uh, how, how how much? A billion? A billion, okay. All right. You've been been keeping track. <laughs> Amen. Now, now, hear me out now. If you knew that you had the winning ticket, though your situation hadn't changed... It doesn't matter what would be going on around you. You'd be very happy, wouldn't you? You haven't cashed it in it, but you know, absolutely not. Do you understand that if you absolutely believe the word of God, if you have been truly filled with the spirit, you have the winning ticket. You are passed from death unto life. Now, if you're not happy and you're not joyful, it's because you have some doubt about that. Either you're not sure of your relationship, See, if you're sure you're the son, then you are going to inherit. If you're the, you the daughter of God, you're going to inherit. If you're sure of your relationship, there is no doubt. Amen? And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is what? Life because of righteousness. Verse 11, But if the spirit of him that raised up Christ from the dead dwell in your mortal body. If you could stand with me, I'm almost done. So we must die. We must take up our cross. Not to look because it's a bad thing in and of itself. Not because it, it's, it's, it's a happy situation. not because uh, Not because it's pleasant. The cross in itself is not something happy. But you know what comes after the cross? The resurrection. There's a resurrection. The Bible says who for the joy that was set before Him endured the cross. This is how we're going to do it. Not because of what we're going through is so great or so happy, but there is a resurrection day. There is a joy. There is a, there is a drawing, so to speak. And you have the winning ticket. If you have the Holy Spirit, you already are a winner. Amen. Pre-chosen by the grace of God. But if the Spirit of Him that raised up Christ from the dead dwell Inside of you, let it quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. And that's why we have to take up our cross. This is what Jesus said. If any man will come after me, if you're going to follow him, let him deny himself, deny your own uh, uh, desires, your fleshly uh, lusts. Take up your cross daily. You've got to take it up every day. You can't do it on Sundays and then tomorrow, you know, live like the devil. You have to take it up every day and then follow me. Paul himself said in first Corinthians, you know, I protest by your rejoicing, which I have in Christ Jesus, our Lord, because I die daily every day. I got to speak to this flesh and tell it you can't do this. You can't go there. You got to put it under subjection. This is the The point of dying with Christ. Amen. To be crucified with Him. I hope you have been blessed by this series this month. Of being crucified with Christ. Because the Bible says if we suffer with Him. We shall also reign with Him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We shall also reign with Him. If you could bow your heads with me and your hearts. Father we thank you this morning for your greatness and for your love. Lord that we have the opportunity. Not only to be crucified with You, but to be in the likeness also of Your resurrection. Lord, that You are with us. That You are going to return that Shekinah glory to us lord that when we see you we shall be like you lord we just thank you right now for your goodness and your grace let this word find good soil lord we come to you today lord god not in ourselves not in our goodness but in your mercy and your grace let your word hallelujah go forth in our second service unhindered lord let your spirit have liberty to touch to change hearts to break chains hallelujah we give you all the glory and the praise In Jesus' name, let's give God a praise.